Hello and welcome to the Lights Out F1 podcast. Hello and welcome to the race review for the 2021 Turkish Grand Prix, where last year we saw an incredible race and qualifying session, with Lance Stroll and Racing Point taking their first pole position in the sport. But in the race, it was Lewis Hamilton who triumphed in the wet conditions and took enough points and the win to secure him his seventh and record-equalling world championship title. This year, of course, the championship between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton is a lot closer than last year, and therefore we aren't at the stage where we can establish who will be the driver's champion this year. However, it was still a very entertaining weekend with lots of stories and dynamics up and down the paddock. My first point for the weekend concerns Ferrari's pace compared to both Red Bull and Mercedes. Throughout the race, we saw Charles Leclerc matching the stint pace of Verstappen and Bottas, on the worn mediums towards especially towards the end of their stints before the majority of the grid pitted around lap 35 but especially in qualifying what a fantastic performance from Charles Leclerc getting within a tenth of Max Verstappen in third and starting the grid inheriting that third position because obviously Lewis Hamilton taking his ICE penalty for exceeding the allowed three uh, ICE power unit compositions and therefore starting the race from 11th. Also, Carlos Sainz, although he took a grid penalty which took him to the back of the grid, he did play a substantial role in qualifying with him making Q2 and giving a toe to Charles Leclerc in Q2 to allow him to succeed in going through to the final round of qualifying on the medium tyres, which was definitely a necessary, a necessary evil, in, even though they weren't as competitive on the mediums. Come the soft runs in Q3, they were obviously a lot faster than even the rest of the midfield, apart from Pierre Gasly, who had a fantastic qualifying. But he did manage, Carlos Sainz, to go 15th fastest in Q1, which meant that Daniel Ricciardo was pushed down, the Grand Prix winner from two races ago, not making it past the first hurdle in qualifying. A big surprise there. However, he took his his um, his power unit, his whole power unit change for the race, given his poor qualifying, which was a a good move from the team. And he would have finished inside the points, but he had a slight braking issue towards the end, which meant he he dropped down, even though he was on the charge to finish ahead of Esteban Ocon, who was struggling a lot on his worn intermediate tyres after not pitting when a lot of the drivers did around lap 40 for new intermediate tyres. 
My second point for the weekend concerns Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. Now, last week, or last race weekend, we saw in Sochi Verstappen taking a grid penalty and using a Mercedes stronghold sort of to their advantage, really, after an incredible drive passing Bottas, crucially, in the first in the first few laps of the first stint of the race, and then taking an incredible P2 against all odds to minimise any damage from taking a grid penalty, especially at a track that suits that Mercedes car. And this week, the favours were returned with Max Verstappen being second on the grid and then finishing second, given Hamilton's grid penalty. But Hamilton wasn't able to make up nearly as much ground as Verstappen did in in the race from, from where he finished in Sochi to this race. Because Lewis Hamilton, although he only started in P11, not P19 at the back of the grid, or towards the back, he finished only in P5. And he spoke after the race and said that he should have trusted his gut over the team in deciding not to pit towards the end of the race because he thought he could stick it out and keep ahead of Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez and keep the podium spot that he was fighting for. But the team insisted and Pete Bonington, his race engineer, insisted that he must stay, he must pit and change his tyres because those on new uh, inter tyres were quicker than him and it was damage limitation. Personally, I think that was a bad call. I think they should have stuck it out and at least tried to finish in P3. And even if uh, he couldn't hold Charles Leclerc behind, Perez was, at that point, when they were debating whether to pit, wasn't wasn't really challenging Leclerc. So had they made that decision to stay out and not pit, then they wouldn't have had the issues about overheating the inter-tyres and then getting them into the right temperature range for their optimum performance. They would have just been able to stick it out and hope, hope, it's not a definite, but Lewis Hamilton believed that he had the ability to keep Perez and Leclerc behind. So some very interesting dynamics between uh, Lewis Hamilton and the team throughout the race. And apart from that, a very good, it was quite an entertaining race really. There weren't many overtakes apart from uh, from Carlos Sainz starting at the back of the grid and working his way up into the points fairly uh, staggeringly, really, because even towards the end when there was one dry line, it was very difficult to overtake because if you went offline for a second, you'd either spin out on the on the wet line or um, you'd you'd be a lot slower in a straight line. So even towards the end, making inroads on Lance Stroll and passing him towards the end was a fantastic performance from Carlos Sainz. And although it definitely wasn't his biggest point scoring 
weekend for Ferrari, I think it was one of his strongest because they looked strong throughout the whole of um, practice sessions and throughout the whole weekend, really. My third point for the weekend concerns power units in general throughout the paddock and throughout the grid and who may need to take an engine penalty towards the end of this season with points, especially in constructors' battles in various positions between Mercedes and Red Bull, obviously, although it's it's fairly clear now that unless Mercedes have an absolute mare as a finish to the season, they will be comfortably ahead of Red Bull by the end of the year. Then McLaren and Ferrari, obviously, separated by only seven and a half points now. And Alpha Tauri and Alpine fighting for fifth place in Constructors. Now, up and down the paddock over the recent weeks, we've had drivers taking grid penalties. This week, obviously, Carlos Sainz, Daniel Ricciardo, after a poor showing in qualifying and taking the decision to sacrifice a few places for the race, because after a very disappointing qualifying, especially for Daniel Ricciardo himself, he really felt he'd turned the corner after the summer break, and I think the whole of the paddock really does think he has. It was just a combination of awful factors that led to him having a poor a poor end result in qualifying, but it doesn't mean the potential wasn't there for him to have a strong weekend. But the team took the decision to take his grid penalty, and I think in the end, that hasn't made them suffer too much. Obviously, Ferrari had a better showing this weekend, but I think some of that was just down to them being stronger at this track. So McLaren taking the decision to sacrifice Danny Rick's race it helps them in that at a track where they're more competitive they will be able to gain more points on Ferrari at a track that best suits them because here Danny Rick was a doubt to get into Q3 especially as a McLaren fan I realised that because the track didn't suit us that well so I think being able to maximise future weekends and not have the decision that, for instance, Carlos Sainz had to take, where the team made him take a grid penalty. The Ferrari could have had at least 25 points from uh, the, the race today. Sainz easily would have been at the, at the fringes of the top five in qualifying and surviving any incidents into Term 1 he would have extended their um, gap in terms of point scoring this week over McLaren. So I think in terms of the race result, Ferrari obviously benefited more than McLaren did, but overall, in terms of tactical decisions this weekend, McLaren were slightly more savvy with their with their um, choice to to take Danny Rick's grid penalty now. We should see a little bit of a decrease in terms of the number of drivers taking grid penalties per week because a number of drivers have got a new engine in the last few weeks, especially in Sochi. 
it was almost half the field on the on the Sky Sports graphic that they showed where the drivers were lining up for the race. But I think it's really interesting, especially with these tight constructors' battles, having to make those decisions as to where you're going to take the grid penalty. Will you take it at a strong track for you or sacrifice any chance of finishing in the points to then maximise a future race where you might be more strong? And I think next race in U- in the US uh, circuit, circuit of the Americas, in Texas, Austin, I think it will be a great mix, to be honest, because Ferrari and McLaren in particular have quite different cars. Ferrari are more strong in high downforce and McLaren more so in medium speed corners and low downforce, as we saw in Monza. So obviously it's not all about McLaren and Ferrari, although their dynamic is honestly the most interesting in terms of the the team battle, but also in terms of the drivers' championship. Verstappen and Hamilton both had to take penalties this season, and I think so far we can safely say Red Bull have come out on top with a P2 in both weekends where the drivers took grid penalties and Hamilton only having first and fifth, which is not what Mercedes would have wanted out of this weekend. Now, finally, on to my driver of the day. Carlos Sainz put in a fantastic drive from P19 on the grid to P8 at the end of the race some fantastic overtakes into the last corners, especially on the back straight going into turn 12, where we had that fantastic duel between Sergio Perez and Lewis Hamilton when he was making his way through the field on the long first stint on the Inters. So some fantastic overtaking moves, really exciting and engaging racing, um, and added a lot to uh, the opening laps of the race, which were, apart from his moves, fairly dull because we were sort of waiting for whether there was going to be a crossover onto slicks or who was going to pit onto new inters when, and all of the tactical decisions in the race that had to be made were sort of coming later. So he added an incredible drive obviously personally because he's he struggled a bit in recent weeks and I think it, it really boosted his confidence this weekend to put in a fantastic performance in the race and work his way through the field a lot more effectively than for example Daniel Ricardo, who also took a grid penalty for the race. Now for my team on top this weekend I'm going to give it to Red Bull. I've talked enough in length about Ferrari, although they did have a, a very uh, an excellent showing this weekend. Two drivers on the podium. Sergio Perez's first podium since Paul Ricard. And Max Verstappen, obviously, taking second, uh, taking second place in the race and maximising uh, their their performance deficit to Mercedes. We saw throughout the weekend that they really struggled to have 
the same pace and be on par with the Mercedes where it's not been as evident throughout the year. It's so it's it was a fascinating dynamic throughout the weekend. Could Red Bull get close to uh, Mercedes? And in the end result, with Valtteri Bottas taking the win, by the way, what a drive by him. Not worthy of my drive of the day because it wasn't as exciting as um, Carlos Sainz's drive, but he controlled the race and he didn't panic when Leclerc was leading and he didn't pit. He let, he, he let himself and the, t- the new inter tyres reel in Leclerc until he really had nowhere to go. So I'm absolutely delighted for Valtteri Bottas back on the top step and I think that will be his last win for Mercedes and quite a memorable one really. So delighted for him but although they didn't uh, close the gap to Mercedes with Valtteri Bottas taking 26 points uh, with fastest lap as well, I think they can be really pleased with especially Sergio Perez's development throughout the weekend and throughout the season in qualifying especially towards the beginning he was nowhere and recently he struggled on tracks where even Red Bull have been more competitive than Mercedes have for example in in the Netherlands even though he didn't make the line for his second run uh, in, in the first part of qualifying he still should be putting in a good enough lap in arguably the best car on the grid to survive Q, a Q1 exit like that. So I think it'll really boost his confidence and give Red Bull another chance at not extinguishing the fight for the Constructors' title, even though it's quite a deficit now to Mercedes. But Red Bull, my team on top for the weekend, a fantastic result for both drivers. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. And in two weeks' time, we'll have the American Grand Prix, where Arav will be joining us for the first time. Have a wonderful break, and I'll see you in two weeks in Austin.